You're now listening to Primetime with Charles Reese, presented by the Bros You Think Network. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Primetime Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and today we have a lot to talk about as we ran a poll last week. Uh, we're going to have Josh on today. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk about what y'all wanted us to talk about, which is not only the new look offense, which uh, won our poll, but also recruiting. But before we get into that, we'd like to wa- welcome Josh Lemoyne this morning. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Doing good. Can't complain. Beautiful Saturday. Easter is tomorrow. And uh, LSU baseball got a win last night. So the world is not on fire today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. That was good. I was glad to see that. Yeah, especially after that first loss on Thursday, uh, no Zach Hess, Mikhail Hilliard got kind of got rocked, and then it it seemed like the uh, the move was, look, we're not going to waste arms, and, and then you have Cole Henry, who I think struck out uh, three or four of his outs weren't by strikeout, and he pitched uh, six and a third last night. So uh, really like what we're seeing from Cole Henry, but hey, let's let's get into some football talk. Is uh, we ran that poll about a week ago. Um, and 37% of people wanted us to talk about this new look offense, which I know yeah. we covered a good bit after the spring game, but let's get more in depth in it. Uh, let's talk about not only each position group, but let's just talk about the overall change and what to you can expect from a, a, a player standpoint in terms of how much can these players uh, continue to grow and how much more production will we see and an offense that, you know, the ball's getting out in three seconds. Uh, you're in a shotgun type of setting. There's RPOs. I mean, what we're going to see this year is completely different from anything we've ever seen at LSU. No, yeah, Charles, you're, you're exactly right. I know we covered a lot in the last show, but just to get a little bit more in depth, I mean, when you break down the X's and O's of the situation, it's, it's going to be something that most LSU fans, you know, Charles, I, I guarantee you the first couple of weeks we're going to have some of them LSU fans that are just always kind of the ones that, no matter how much you win by, they complain. It's, it's going to be some rust there. This, this is uh, new across the board for hey, not just, only – Josh, and we're going to have the LSU fans too that see the offense uh, in the first game, and let's say we score 49 points and right. people are going to buy their national championship tickets too. <laughs> That's, that, is, that, is, that is true. That is true. Uh, we, we're going to have to give it some time. It's gonna, I think it's going to have some, some good points, some bad points. Uh, There's going to be some games where you know they're going to run the score up, but – it, this is a complete new concept, and we we touched on this last week, Charles, and uh, that we we didn't necessarily recruit for this offense, right? So now where you see Coach O and him, he's recruiting more for this RPO spread type offense, uh, and so that's that's going to take some time. We we broke down kind of the O line situation uh, last show, and and how we we're still trying to find those left tackles. Um, and those guys that can play the line that, you know, their feet work a lot better with, with this offensive concept. Yeah, and, you know, the crazy thing is, no, we did not recruit for this. But, I mean, if you look at what LSU has in terms of running backs, what they have at receiver, and, and now even, I mean, we're going to get into the tight end position because I think that's one of the more intriguing things to look at this year. You talk about guys like Clyde Edwards-Hilary, talk about Leonard Fournette, uh, even guys coming in, I know people talk about John Emery a lot. In our interview with Mike Petillier, he said, man, he, he's like a receiver. He catches the ball so well. But, Josh, I'll tell you, even Ty Davis catches the ball really well. And, and I, I haven't really seen much from Chris Curdy in terms of pass catching, but it seems like there are so many guys that in a system like this, you get them out in space, that they have the talent that we could see huge uprises in, in production from guys like Fournette. Look, I think Clyde's about to have his best best season in terms of looking like a back similar to what we see with Alvin Kamara over in New Orleans right now. Yeah, no, it's, it's exactly right. You know, you bring us up. So I pulled out some uh, Kevin Falk film uh, earlier this morning and just, you know, for the fans that maybe are a little bit younger, never got a chance to watch Kevin Falk and what he did in, in New England and what he did at LSU, watching him run screenplays, Charles is like, it, it's, it's amazing. Okay, he's one of the, he was one of the best, arguably maybe the best screen third down running back in NFL history. He was so good at it. You know, like a Pierre Thomas type. Um, and I went watching film of him do that, and that's what I, I'm, I'm hoping to see some of that from LSU this year to get some of these guys with this athletic ability 
that, you know, just as uber five-star talent guys like, like an Emory and put him in space and let him do work. You see all the, you know, you see Alabama do it now. You see Clemson do it. You see these guys, these teams that allow these running backs to use their ability. I mean, that's how they're training now, right, Charles? I mean, they're training with these seven-on-seven, the, you know, the, these camps and just these personal trainers. They're training for, for that, to actually be in space and have athletic ability. And here you have LSU just hard-headed, beating their head against the wall, you know, running downhill, and just they just kind of refused to change for, for the longest time. But now I think they're almost forced to change, you know. So um, it's going to be exciting. You can tell just by my voice. I'm, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, and, and you know, something that, we, that Mike brought up is he goes, he, you know, he laughed and he said, he said one of his the things Mike always says, you know, he brings in some type of analogy that you, everyone can relate to. When he talked about Ed and he said, look, Ed's old school, you know, USA, USC days where he grew up in high school. He's used to that round and uh, that run and pound, you know, ground and pound type of offense. And Josh, I know we brought this up a little bit, but, um, you know, I kind of asked Mike, he, and he didn't really have an answer for this. But it's like if you face struggles, especially in that Texas game, because it is so early in the season, I mean, what? What kind of a, you know, can we say as LSU fans are covering the team that we can assure people that, man, I don't think Ed's going to jump the boat early on this offense and try to do what he did uh, back whenever LSU lost to Troy. You know, I I have a feeling that this is something that Ed is bought into and he fully believes and will entrust in, in you know, Coach Ensminger and, and uh, Brady and let them run this offense. How concerned we should should we be that potentially we could see in mid game, they get under center and they try to run the ball. Yeah. I know Mike, Mike Dia had, I've heard him mention that before on, on other shows that, you know, and he knows coach O, right. So, but to me, um, you gotta be all in. If coach O does something like that, you just lit the flame on, you know, for half the fan base to just say, what are you doing? You know, you're not committing, to, you know, your recruiting, your coaching, everything that you've been preaching publicly now for, you know, a year, almost two years, but now you're fully committed to it, that I think he has to fully commit and just all out commit. I mean, it, if you do that, like I said, it's going to light the fire under all these LSU fans. And we, and we know how crazy they can be once things start going the wrong, wrong direction. Uh, that, But if you want to get the full potential out the offense – your leaders, you know, your leaders on offense and defense, they have to know that you're, you're fully behind them, that you're not going to do happen what happened with, with, uh, with the Troy situation, like you said, with Matt Canada. And let me say this about a situation. I know Matt Canada and Coach O didn't necessarily get along, but I do, I do think that if Coach O would have committed to Matt in his offense and not had that conflict, um, I think LSU probably would have won that game for sure and went on to have, you know, that year would have been much better but it was just conflict, I think, between personalities um, and play calling. But, yeah, Charles, it, it would be bad news for Coach O if he went back on going back to too much old school ground and pound. Um, because, really, you know, we haven't really recruited the running backs and things like that like we have in the past. But you got Ty Davis. But, you know, other than that, you've kind of went a different direction with your recruiting. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, the crazy thing, you, you bring up Matt Canada, you, you know, people and in, in, in LSU fans in general, they find something to complain about, right? You look at that offense, and this is the last time LSU did go um, up to Alabama, and they had a lot of success, Josh. They had more yards than Bama in that game. Yep. And, and you know what people complained about? Oh, well, you know, we didn't have a completion to a receiver. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, who cares? Because that's probably – the best offense we've seen against Alabama since like the beginning of Nick Saban's days. Right. right. You know, maybe we saw some of that from um, when Mettenberger was there, but you know, we all remember that game, you know, Mettenberger, his last time facing Alabama was crawling off the field <laughs> Be- yeah. because his knee was so torn up and, right. and you know, we didn't see that. And, and it's something that this offense I think is going to bring is, is those quick passes, getting the ball out fast. Cause we talked about, you know, position issues on that offensive line. But, you know, something I want to bring up is um, Nick Underhill did a study and when he was with the Advocate, and he did it multiple years in a row, where he watched every single Saints offensive snap. And something I think Brady may be bringing to this offense is 
The Saints, you know, in a 16 season, 16 game season plus a couple of playoff games, they ran like the same play out of the same formation maybe three times in a whole season. Right. They didn't. No, that's that's a good point. And what the Saints do is they change up formations and run the same play, and it's confusing. You know, we talk about Aranda being able to mix coverages, mix blitzes, and confuse a defense. What can we expect from an offense that is confusing a defense this season? Yeah, that that's going to be big, right? I think Steve Ensminger, I think that's where he runs into kind of some of his old school things that why Coach O wanted to bring in a Brady and some new offensive concepts. Nothing against Coach E. You know, I love Coach E. You know, he's, he's been successful in almost every place he's been. He's a great coach. But if you watch his concepts, Charles, and that it's, it's, it's a 90s-type concept, he's spreading the field, but he just – I just don't think he's ever had to necessarily see it in a sense of with the formation changes, like you mentioned. Um, it's all about the look, right? It's all about confusing confusing people. I mean, we know everybody's going to run the same routes at the end of the day, right? You're going to run a comeback, you're going to post, you're going to run into the scene. But it, like you said, it's all about confusing and making those linebackers and those guys from the secondary make a split decision last minute. The Saints are so good at it, right? They get in bunch formations and things like that. And if you don't choose the right way, Drew Brees is going to burn you every time. So, like you said, it's got to be quick. Uh, so, that's what I'm thinking Brady, like you just said, Charles, is going to bring to the offense. Coach E gets the concept of running the spread, but it's more of a set 90s type spread. Got, it just, I'm watching it out there, Charles, and it's like, it's just, it's the Florida Gators from, from the mid 90s, and they were very successful. But defenses and have caught up to that, right? So they're, they adjusted over the years to that concept. Unless you have just uber, uber talent out there um, at wide receiver and quarterback, which LSU has, you know, good talent. But so, so the other teams across the board in the SEC, you got to do something to trick these guys up. They're too athletic. You know, you can't just necessarily line up, you know, the same way, same formation every time. It's just, it's just not going to work out. Yeah, and look, we saw some of this offense evolve towards the end of the season. We talked about that right. in the last pod. And, you know, that, that's a point that we kept harping on last season was, look, this is like the 90s spread attack. And, and yep. while it worked back then, it, it needed to be updated. And, and I think that's what Brady is going to bring. And, mm-hmm. you know, you look at LSU's schedule, other than that Texas game, you know, LSU's got a pretty easy start until they have Florida come in town in mid-October, um, other than that Texas game. And, and so there's going to be time for this offense to get reps. Um, I think that Texas game is going to be a real test. Honestly, Josh, I think that Texas game is really going to set up for the rest of the season. Uh, going to Texas, um, I know LSU is a big favorite right now, but it, I think Texas is still talented. No, Texas got you know Texas is always going to have talent. It's it's definitely how, how you coach them up. You got Tom Herman there, who you know some some people like him, some people don't. Look, at the end of the day, he won he won at, at Houston. He was assistant coach under Urban Meyer. I mean, he he knows how to run a. a pretty pretty dang good offense you know i mean there ain't no way around it um you know he's he's a talented coach uh but i think just like the miami game this past year if lsu can win that game early you know especially going out there and i think that would set them up just like miami did it gave us some early momentum and let these guys know you know what we can go to a place like this and we could beat a good talented team that a lot of people said that we you know we couldn't now expectations are going to change you know as we get closer to the season charles i don't know if, if you paid attention to some of this but we're getting a little more credit, you know, credit now in some of these polls and these power rankings. I've seen LSU coming in at like four or five, maybe six, you know. So I think some people are starting to catch on to kind of some of the things that we've been saying now for the last four to six months is like, hey, look, Coach O is bringing in a lot of talent, you know, and it's, some of these guys are starting to look at it and they're like, hey, he, he does have a pretty talented roster now. And then you got a quarterback who's coming in for the second year, which is rare at LSU. You know, <laughs> Joe, Joe might not be a first round pick. But, man, just to have him coming back in in a second year and, and just bringing this offensive attack to another whole level, is we haven't had that at LSU in a long time. Yeah, last time we had it was Mettenberger, and we all know right. what that offense looked like in Mettenberger's second year. Right. Uh, you know, you, you had two talented receivers who arguably are, are top five, top ten receivers in the NFL right now. And while you probably can't say you have that right now, I think you have the talent and the ability from some of these guys um, you, you know, something that I, I heard through some people that Tommy Robinson said was, you know, you have a really good season as a receiver in the SEC or, you know, a power five school. It, it's all about that next season. Can you reproduce that production? You know, can you be consistent in, in what you have, you know, season after season? And that's what a first round pick is. 
And, you know, you look at a guy like Justin Jefferson, if, if he has a season similar to what he had last season or eclipses what he did last season, I think you're looking at a guy who could be a first-round pick. And that's not even getting into some of the sophomores, you know, guys like Terrence Marshall. Uh, you talk about um, Jamar Chase. I, I think that the receivers on this team are very talented, and it's going to be exciting to see what a second-year quarterback uh, in a system is going to do for LSU because, like you said, it's a rarity, right? And, you know, I think we're going to see some consistency. I think we're going to see some evolution of this offense. And I'm excited to see what we're going to see in those first couple of games. And really, when you face a team like Texas and then get Florida in town, uh, just to see some of the wrinkles we're going to have in this offense. Look, Josh, I know we're really excited, but let's get into position by position on this offense, get more in depth. We just kind of talked about Joe Burrow. I think we know what we have in him. Right. Let's hit that. Let's hit that running back talk um, because I think they're a plethora of guys at that running back position. But there's really two freshmen coming in that we don't know a lot about and how they're going to transition into college football. Um, you know, Mike said running back is one of those easier positions to go from high school to college and have an immediate impact. Uh, I mean, we saw it with Travis Etienne over in Clemson. And I think that's something we're going to see with John Emery and Ty Davis this year. Yeah, no, you're, you, you're exactly right. Yeah, Travis Etienne is, is where I was kind of headed as well. That, um, you know, I seen a clip on Joe uh, this morning. He was talking about uh, he was getting interviewed on the, the SEC network. And they talked about, you know, what do you need to do to continue your leadership? And he, he said, you know, I need to be on, on the same level as Trevor Lawrence and what they do. So that right there to me. He kind of knows what he's trying to tell you right there is he knows the concepts that, that this offense is changing into Travis Etienne. He knows that a guy like Emory or Clyde, you know, that's how they're, they're going to use these guys. And that's where Joe expects this offense to be. And you watch that national championship game against Alabama. They had Alabama on the ropes almost from the start, you know, and they had them five star cornerbacks falling all over the place. So it's it's there. And LSU is just as talented as Clemson, almost at every position, you, we can break it down. So it's like we like we said, it's it's all about using the running backs and the running back concept in the right formations and getting those guys in space. Look at Alvin Kamara, man. I like to keep going back to him. Juco, went back to Juco after recruiting from Alabama, played at Tennessee, wasn't really even a starter at Tennessee. Coach, you know, he didn't, didn't really get used properly. But when you get a guy with that talent in the right system that knows how to use him, I mean, he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. LSU's got some of them guys. They got to, again, got a guy like Emory coming in, uh, Clyde, who's got a good year under his belt. It's just really, you know, we keep going back to the, the coaching aspect of it because at the end of the day, I think we're at that point, Charles, and I think you agree that the talent's there. I mean, it, I mean LSU's got a top-five program in America with just the uber talent everywhere. So it, it's really going to be up to these coaches to put these young guys in a, you know, in a good position to make plays. Yeah, and something I think we're going to see this year in the offense is you're going to see these running backs split out wide. I, I saw that a little bit with Leonard Fournette last year right. um, in certain aspects. But you look at the spring game, you had Torrey Carter split outside. Uh, yeah. Saints did a lot, you know, and mm -hmm. it, it gives you the ability. And I think, look, this goes back to a second-year quarterback in a system. Joe last year had the ability to make audibles, right? You know, you talk about that audible he had the beginning of the season where he changed it to a running play and it was huge right they scored a touchdown on that joe's gonna have even more opportunities and abilities to to read plays and and make changes you know let me split tory carter out to the side let me get a linebacker out of there because i'm gonna run clyde you know in the middle of the field and that linebacker is not going to be there anymore and so i think there's going to be opportunities in this offense to do that get these running backs out in space uh, like I said earlier, you know, Mike D was saying John Emery is like a, a running a receiver at running back because uh, he has such good hands. His elusiveness is off the charts. And that's not even talking about all these other guys you have on the team, um, because I think Ty Davis has has the ability to catch the ball well, too. I, I saw it against you high. Uh, yeah. One of the best catches I've seen a running back make <laughs> where he just took his hand out and then trucked like three people. And, yeah. and you is no joke. You know, they're, they're, they were loaded with D1 talent on that defense. Um, but let's let's look at the wide receiver position a little bit more. Uh, we talked about Justin Jefferson. You got Jamar Chase and Terrence Marshall there too. But I think you also have a couple of guys that I'm excited to see what their impact will be. Uh, Derek Dillon had some big catches last year. 
Go back to that Auburn touchdown he scored. Um, what are we gonna? What do you think we're gonna see from a guy like him this year? Maybe some of these taller guys like D. Anderson, uh, and maybe even a guy like Jonathan Giles. Uh, what do you think we're gonna see from guys like that that aren't talked about as much uh, in terms of the top of the receiver? Or- yeah, you know, I, I think what the offense allows you to do is you have to be ready. Like, you know, we if you look at some of these offenses that run the RPO concepts. You never know, you know, when it's going to be your day. Um, these guys are talented, like like you mentioned. These, all these guys have the ability to to make plays. What, what I'm really interested in seeing, Charles, is who's going to be the deep threat guy. You know, we we keep going back to the Saints offense, but you know, that's where you're you're trying to steal from, right? So, who's going to be the Devery Henderson? Who's going to be, you know, who's going to be the the Ted Ginn? Who's going to be the guy that we can rely on to stretch the field for us and maybe make a couple, maybe make one or two catches a game. I'm, I'm interested to see who's going to be that guy in this offense because it's going to be it's going to be someone. Uh, but with that being said, a D. Anderson, I'm I'm excited about D. Anderson. I know in the spring game he had a nice catch and, and a nice play. I really like him. I think he's a, he's a good athlete. He's almost like a like you know a tight end playing wide receiver with that ability. Derek Dillon to me, he's just like the old Wiley veteran. I mean, it's just he's I just like I like his his play. You know, had big play against Auburn, um, but. The RPO spread offense is going to be good for all these guys. And I think they're all going to welcome it because you never know, like I keep saying, when it's your day, you got to keep these cornerbacks and these safeties and the linebackers on their on their heels, use the middle of the field, stretch the field. So, you know, it should be good. It should be in a good – as far as these guys, LSU having a bad rep for not using all their wide receivers. If I'm a wide receiver at LSU now, I'm probably – out of all the position groups, that's those guys got to be the most excited – when Joe Brady was hired. Yeah, I agree there. And look, Josh, you go from receiver, you go to tight end. It's, it's a position the Saints have been lacking in the past couple of years, ever since uh, really when Ben Watson left the first time, uh, the tight end production just really hasn't been there. Um, and, and I look at this tight end group, and I think this may be, in terms of pass catching, maybe one of the best tight end groups we've seen in a while at LSU, especially whenever we see what, uh, Stephon Sullivan does as a tight end. I mean, the guy's 6'7 at 232 pounds. He's a great blocker, but he can go up and high point a ball. You saw him catch that Hail Mary against Southeastern. Um, and, and I think that something we're going to see a lot this season is a tight end running up the seam. Uh, you saw it a little bit last year, you know, when they got Foster Moreau in some space. But I think we're going to see that this year with the tight ends. And talk about that group. Talk about Stephon Sullivan transitioning over and, and then getting to guys like Jamal Pettigrew, Thaddeus Moss. What are we going to see from him? And even a guy like T.K. McClendon that's going to be playing this season. Yeah, so let's, you know, we start with T.K. McClendon. You know, not, I'm not any, anything against T.K. I think he's he's a big body tight end. Uh, I don't expect T.K. to come out and, you know, catch 60 balls this year. Um, he does have the ability to catch the ball. Um, he, he's... When, when you need that big body tight end in there to, to move people around, I think, you know, I got to see him at camp in person. He is a big boy and uh, athletic, and he's going to move people, you know, he's going to move people off the line in a short yardage and at goal line situations. Um, but he, he does have the ability to catch, so that's going to be great. You, you know, I, I love the little slip screens there where you can get the tight end out and, uh, you know, sneak people when you think they're blocking. So I think Tigay is going to be a good asset for LSU. Now, moving on to the receiving side of it, Sullivan – uh, you know, we, we go back to the Saints that it's almost like a Jimmy Graham, right? I mean, Jimmy Graham, let's let's be honest, he, he ain't great at blocking. But, boy, he, he you know, when he was at his, at his best moments with the Saints, that boy could catch. He could high point the ball, like, like you mentioned. So let's let's see. Let's see if LSU can use him like like a Jimmy Graham type type concept uh, and, and use him in a scene like you mentioned. I really would love like you like you were saying. Boy, it'd be nice for LSU to have a big target like that that they can throw to the to the corner of the end zone for for him to go get it. You know, when you just need it, you can throw it up there, and that's what made Jimmy Graham so so awesome. When you know when they you kept getting stopped, you could high point the ball and, and just go get it. Um, with with all that being said, unfortunately, the tight end position has got a bad rep at LSU for good reason, right? I mean, you, you tell us every year you're going to use it, and you never use it. So I'm gonna leave it at this: that until I see with my own eyes, <laughs> that they're going to use the tight end properly with this offense, you know, that then I, I'll be happy, you know, I'll be glad and I'll believe it. But uh, 
it's one of those situations that LSU just really has done a poor job of using these guys how they should. But, you know, now with Brady and, and LSU fully committing to this type of offense, let's, let's hope that that stops. You know, this year it's, it's a major change. Um, because, like you mentioned, all the guys you mentioned, they're, they're big, tall guys and athletic. I mean, let's go out and use them, you know? Yeah, and when you have tight ends in the game, you have to have linebackers in the game, right? If, if you right. go out five wide, here comes a nickel or a dime package, right? You're, other teams are going to get more cornerbacks. And, and look, in the SEC, they're athletes all over the field. But if you can get a matchup where you have a, a Stephon Sullivan, where you have a Thaddeus Moss, a Jamal Pettigrew, uh, you know, even a running back, Clyde, Emery, on a linebacker, that's an advantage. Even if you get a guy like Sullivan on a safety, that's an advantage in most SEC games. And I think that's what we're going to be seeing is where does LSU have an advantage? Where can they attack? And I think that tight end position is going to be key in finding weaknesses on defenses because it's a position that not many defenses have to worry about. You know, even LSU usually doesn't have to worry about a tight end until they play a team like Alabama, or Georgia, uh, you know, some of these more complex offenses. And whenever, you know, teams are going to be facing LSU this season – I think they're going to have to be game planning for that tight end position whenever LSU does go four and five wide. Look, frankly, whenever LSU has two wide receivers and maybe a tight end splits out, you know, you're going to have an advantage when that guy goes into the slot at the end of the day. And it's going to be a, a, a huge transition to be able to see things like that because we're not used to it, Josh. It, it's, yep. it, it's, it, it's crazy to think about the possibilities. We think about it every year. But, you know, the spring game didn't show much. But it showed me enough of what I can expect this season, right? And and I, I look, <laughs> you know how excited we are here. You know how excited Josh is. I think we said it on the last pod so many times. The excitement around this new look offense is is off the charts. But a, a spot where I'm concerned, and I think Josh is as well, is talking about this offensive line, specifically offensive tackle. Um, you know, I, I think. Sadiq last year didn't have his best season coming off a season before where he was a, a starting tackle in the SEC. He was a guy who was reliable coming into last season. I think people thought, man, you know, he's probably your best offensive lineman. And he just didn't have his best season last year. And then at right, you know, who's, who goes there? Uh, does Traora go there? Does Deculus go there? Do you look somewhere else? Uh, what's going on with this tackle position right now? Yeah, like, you know, that's something that we harped on last show. Um, and this that's going to be a key position for this offensive change, right? Um, like you mentioned. So, Joe, being his second year, what what I like about that, Charles, is now a second year, you bring in a little bit, you know, some other offensive concepts. But let's hope, and I, I didn't bring this up at the tight end position, that Joe is taking his IQ of, of, the, of the offense to another level. What I'm getting at is I think if we're looking at maybe a, a weak spot of this entire offense, it's it's probably on the line in certain certain areas. But I'm hoping Joe is a little more educated with the offense that if he needs to adjust some, some of the blocking, you know, he can read the defense now. He's comfortable making those changes if he needs to, you know, if he got to make a change for the running back to chip and possibly help the left tackle out. Uh, that's something that I'm hope as you grow as a quarterback that, you know, it's it's little small things you don't necessarily see in the in you know in the speed of the game on TV, but when you slow it down, man, it it, it could be the difference between you know getting sacked or a, a thirty yard play down the field. So I'm hoping Joe can pick that aspect up and, and help his uh, his offensive line a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's just a off RPO spread type offense. So these guys are gonna just gonna have to work on moving their feet a little better. Um, and let's just hope that. These, these coaches and stuff are focusing on that aspect. And I, I know they are. Um, Sadiq, really, to me, after his first year, uh, Charles, I was, I was extremely excited. I really thought coming into last year he would, like you said, he would blossom a little more. It's almost like he, he kind of he – he hit a spot and he didn't really grow there at, at the left tackle position. You've seen in certain games he really got taken advantage of, like in a Florida game um, and stuff. But Let's hope he's seen that. Let's hope he's, he's put the time in to watch film and, you know, he grows as a left tackle. Um, another name to, to keep an eye on is Adrian McGee. I like his flexibility with, with McGee. It seems like he, they, wherever they stick him, well, Adrian, he, he, he plays well, you know. So it, it's always good to have a, a couple guys like that, that that you can stick in certain spots and they, um, they you know, they, they, they play, play solid for you. Like now, Cushenberry – it's key to have him back, right? So I'll bring up the football IQ 
that he had a great year, um, arguably maybe the best year out of all the offensive linemen uh, there that he had a great year. You had him coming back with Joe, the football IQ, like I, like I spoke of, this is going to be good. These guys can make adjustments as needed. They've seen their weaknesses last year. So uh, it would be good. You got a lot of guys coming back from last year. So you, the line should, should play better. They should, you know, take it up a notch this year coming. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think a big part of this offensive line is going to be, does Ed Ingram return? Uh, you know, news is getting more and more positive as of late. You know, at, at one point I thought it was like a 40% chance, went up to 50. Josh, I, I'm thinking like 60% chance right now. If you could put a percentage on it that he returns this season, uh, where would you put it right now? Yeah, I mean, everything seems like it's heading that direction, and I think some public statements were even made that – that uh that he they might be welcoming him back to the team. And I will say this, you know, he's he's been a little bit more interactive on social media with some of the things that are uh, for LSU and the things that I've actually put up and posted. So it seems like he's going in that, in that you know, in that direction. So percentage-wise, I mean, I'm really not sure to make a percentage on it. It seems like 75% that he's going to be back. It sure seems like when the coaches speak, uh, you know, of it. And it's almost like they're planning, planning to have him back. I mean, I know they don't want to speak out too much to, to give too much away, but it does. It sure seems like uh, Charles that he's there. They're kind of planning to be able to plug him in on the offense line. Now what, what that does is, you know, edge an NFL guy. I mean, I, I don't care. You you go put the film on Ed, edge an NFL an NFL dude out there. So if you, you know, if you plug in an NFL guy on an already, you know, pretty talented offense line in the SEC, uh, man, now I think we start taking that next step up that, okay, LSU's offensive line could, could maybe be, you know, a force instead of just maybe something that you kind of have to adjust to. Um, I think you add Ed to, to this line that then, you know, okay, let's, you know, let's go out and actually be a force and use the offensive line to, to our advantage. Yeah, and look, you add a guy like Ed to this offensive line, you're not worried about that left offensive guard spot anymore, right? No, you know, no, look, look at looking at this offensive line, Damian Lewis is probably your best offensive lineman right now, and he's got that right guard spot. No one's taken that from him. You know, if if you have that interior, you know, you talked about Lloyd Cushenberry, you have that interior uh, trio of Ed Ingram, uh, Damian Lewis, and Cushenberry, I, I think that you're going to be road grading people, you know, up the middle. Um, and you won't face, you know, issues with interior pressure. And that's going to give Joe uh, the ability, like Drew, to step up in the pocket and not have to worry about, you know, a defensive tackle coming in your face. So not only does it help the running game, but at the end of the day, I, th I think it helps the passing game as well. And I think, like you said, you know, Ed is definitely an offensive guard in the NFL. I, I think Damian Lewis is as well, yeah. you know, from what we saw last season. You know, your tackle position may not be great, but if you've got two offensive linemen that are, you know, you think can be third, fourth-round picks, if not better, going forward, and I think both of those guys could be second-round picks. But, you know, I, I think that overall helps your offensive line, not only this season but in the future, to let guys, you know, grow more, get stronger, understand the system. It's going to help down the road if Ed Ingram can come back this season. Oh, yeah, man, that, that's, it's going to be huge. And like I said, you, you, you bring up Lewis, Damian Lewis, you just got to go turn the film on. That's two NFL dudes there. If you get Ingram back, like you said, left guard and right guard. Cushenberry, you know, I, you know I'll, I'll, I won't say much about him on the NFL side. You got to watch him grow a little bit. But one thing about Lloyd I like, he's intelligent. He's a smart guy. He tries to get the, you know, gets the guys lined up where, where they should be, and he's still growing as a center. So, like you said, you get them three guys at your interior – then your line becomes a force. Man, it, it's been a while since we've had that. Then you can use that to your advantage, like you said, and you can road grade a little bit. So uh, that would be, the, you know, that'd be a pleasant surprise. So um, let's hope Ed, Ed makes it back to the program. Yeah, I, I think every LSU fan is hoping the same. I know we are uh, excited to see what this offensive line could look like with Ed Ingram out there. Uh, I think it helps your tackle position as well. Uh, one more thought on the offense before we get into the second topic y'all wanted us to cover. Uh, which is recruiting. But look, Josh, I was looking to get some stats from college to see, you know, what the offensive uh, landscape looks like throughout college. And I found a great article by The Ringer, and they started out the article saying the RPO offense has hit college football fast, and it's hit it's, uh, it's hit it fast and hard, so hard that it's even found its way into Tuscaloosa. 
and we've seen Nick Saban evolve his offense. Uh, and I think that's helped, you know, keep Alabama relevant. I think if they're ground and pound, you don't see them have as much success, you know, once they get to the college football final uh, as they've had in recent years, you know, with that old school offense. With this new offense, I think it makes them better. I think with LSU, it's going to help too. And, and the storyline won't be LSU finally is developing a new offense. It's going to be LSU's on the cutting edge of a new offense. And I think that's really going to be, you know, due to Joe Brady. And I know we talked about his effect. Just want to get some final thoughts on what you, we can expect from this offense, uh, new wrinkles, things like that. Look, Josh, I'm excited. I know you are. We keep saying that over and over again. But whenever you transition to a new offense, um, there's going to be excitement. But there's even more excitement on my side because you've got one of the brightest minds when it comes to an RPO offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll say that I think we, we should expect – a lot, but I also think that we have to be a little patient. I'm not saying you know, ten games patience, but let, let's give let's give these guys a few weeks to to get this, you know, offense under their belt. Um, it's unfortunate; it's not like the NFL where, where you get some preseason games. We have to work on things, you know, and it's, it's so limited how much time they allow allow you, these guys to practice and stuff. So uh, I, I do expect a lot out of them, though, you know, and, as, and because the talent's there. The coaches are there. You just got to finish and put it all together. But um, let's be patient. First couple of weeks, let's just kind of see. Let just look at the concepts. Like you said, look look at the look at the the formations. Look at look at the concept around the offense. And just because they necessarily are putting up sixty points and six hundred yards, you know, don't get upset. But look at the formations, look at the concepts, and look what they're trying to do. And, you know, I think that's where you got to be patient with it and see if, if they're trying to put in that Saints-style offense, which it ain't going to happen overnight. But I think by, you know, game three, four, or five, yeah, we, we should be able to hit our stride. And uh, like you said, the schedule's not super tough after Texas, which should give us some, some time to uh, let these guys get their feet under them. Well, Josh, let's get into some recruiting talk. Uh, LSU loses a commit after uh, one of the Cali boys uh, committed a couple of weeks ago, decided to flip his commit, go over to Oregon. Um, but LSU does pick up a commit a couple of hours later in a guy in Josh White, outside linebacker uh, from Texas. Um, he's a 20th-ranked outside linebacker right now. He looks like a pretty much a, a prototypical pass rusher. Uh, got good size at 6'1", 200. Um, you know, talk about Josh White and some yeah. of the things that he brings to the table. Yeah, Josh White's kind of been on the on the table there for a little while. He's been some uh, obviously somebody else who's been been kind of tracking on f- for a minute. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, go go pull up his film. Um, I think he's kind of a, a prototypical, like you said, um, outside linebacker that LSU's looking for. Um, he he is so they have him ranked. Most people have him ranked as well, about somewhere between nineteen and twenty five. You know, I, I, I get to talking to some of the guys in Texas, um, you know, and obviously they play some big boy high school football in Texas that uh, they really like this guy. They think he, he's not ranked high enough. Um, they think he's going to be something, especially when he gets into the weight program at LSU. Uh, I think that sometimes that's what you got to look at, right, in recruiting Charles. I think that's why we, us guys that love recruiting, we, we, we try to look at these guys and see what they're going to look like two or three years from now inside of a college program. That's what's fun about recruiting. Uh but yeah, I think he's one of them guys, right? They're gonna add some weight to him. Um, let him let him get with some of these trainers. Uh, he, to me, he's just he's just he's that prototypical LSU SEC type guy that uh, that's gonna be plug and play for Coach Aranda. You, you, you can tell he's just an, another toy for Coach Aranda to mold, and uh, but it's gonna be good for it's gonna be good for Josh White. He gets to come into an LSU program with arguably the best defensive coordinator in America. You know. I think it's probably hands down. Coach Aranda's the best linebacker coach in America. So, you know, if you're one of the top linebackers in the country, I mean, who else would you want to play for? You see what he's done with these guys. They all seem like the majority of them move on and have great NFL careers. Look at Devin White. Uh, so, yeah, LSU's getting a good one here. And I think, you know, like I said, you start talking to some of the people that know him a little more and watched him closely in Texas. They truly believe he, he's a top, a, a top 10 outside linebacker. So that's, I mean, that's, that's great news for LSU. Yeah, and a really impressive offer list that included the likes of Alabama, Oklahoma, Oklahoma right. State, Miami. 
uh, he had some big time programs that offered him and LSU gets the deal done. I, I, I feel confident with him sticking with LSU as well, too. Yeah, no, I, let, let me say this about some of these rankings and stuff. And, you know, we don't get into this too much. And but take it with a grain of salt. I know, Charles, you always bring it up when we talk about these uh, when you talk about these guys that kind of look at their offer sheet. Kind of look at everything in a whole. And that's what I tell people. Look at their rankings. Don't get me wrong. Try to do some research with some of these local, so maybe some high school coaches, some guys that have seen them play. Pull up the film. You know, look at their offer sheet. Um, and that, that can kind of give you a good concept. That's why when you look at his offer sheet and look look at some of his film, I'm just like, he doesn't look he doesn't look 20, like 19 to 22 to me. You know, he looks more like a top, you know, top eight guy, top 10 guy to me. And if Coach Aranda is going after you that hard and he wants you, He's kind of seeing what we're seeing, right? You know, rankings are everything. We, you know, let's not harp on the star system and all that. But yeah, I, I think he's more of a, more of a, a top ten, top eight type guy. Well, looking at the recruiting class now, with the addition of White, LSU sits at number three again um, with eleven commits right now. Uh, you know, you look at what LSU is going to be trying to add. We talked a lot about. You know, adding more defensive tackles. I think LSU needs to pick up a running back or two. And, you, you know, there are a couple other spots that we should be looking for LSU to add some talent, maybe a tackle spot. Uh, what do you think that, you know, LSU is going to be targeting with the remaining 14 spots? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of spots, right? I mean, it, you're going to have to just be fluid with it. Um, we just seen, look, like you said, we, we had an individual just commit. He decommitted, you know, he went to Oregon. We all know how the recruiting process is. You know, you're going to have to be kind of fluid here. But obviously the defensive tackle position is going to be big this year for LSU, uh, Charles. But, you know, we, we talked on, on the last show. We, we need to keep bringing in offensive linemen. If you're going to commit to this, if you're going to commit to this offense, we need to continue to bring in offensive tackles that even if they're a little light, that they had the, they had the footwork. You know, we, we can – we can feed them, you know, we can put them in the weight room. So we need guys that, that they think they can work with, with, uh, with, with their feet and can move a little bit as we grow in this offense. You know, I don't think this is going to be a fly by night thing. I'm hoping for, you know, three, four years down the road, Charles, we're running this, we're running the same offense, but we're taking it to a whole new level. You know, you you continue to recruit this way, you know, um, and kind of how Clemson has, they've committed to that and you've seen where their program has grown to. So, um, that's how I'm hoping LSU does the same thing, and they continue to recruit that way. Offensive tackles, you know, if, if you're if you want to keep an eye on some stuff and think that I think LSU is going to continue to hit the offensive tackle position, looking for linemen with this recruiting class. Defensive tackle, we know because you know we lost a big boy from a meet that hurt, um, but LSU, I can I can they're they're going to stack up at the defensive tackle position. They've already already done well there with the 11 guys they got, um, and also uh, you know. At the water, water receiver position, um, LSU for some reason a lot of guys like to come play water receiver for LSU, even though they're not a passing team. I've always thought that was awesome for LSU being a fan, um, but I think even more on on that uh, concept that now with this type of offense, you're going to see some of some of the top water receivers want to come to LSU. So that's 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 a good thing. Speaking about wide receiver, uh, we're recording this Saturday morning. It is like 11.50 right now. Yep. Uh, in two hours and about 10 minutes from now, Jermaine Burton's going to be committing. All signs look like LSU, uh, a seventh-ranked receiver right now um, in the country. He's the 35th overall prospect to let you know how talented receiver is. But, Josh, looking at Burton, if, if he does commit to LSU, 6'1", 193, what does he bring to the table? Boy, Charles, I don't know. Have you had a chance to watch his film yet? I've watched some. You watched some? Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, for everybody listening, if you haven't watched his film yet, uh, you know, take a minute and go watch with, with LSU. You know, all signs are pointing to LSU. You know, I've talked about that. I do think he's going to pop to LSU. Um, you know, don't kill me if he doesn't. This is recruiting. But uh, I do think he's going to go to LSU. Uh, and if, and if, if that's the case and he chooses LSU, uh, boy, they're, 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 getting a, they're getting a good one here, Charles. He's uh you know, I, I reached out to some of the coaches there um, on on the West Coast just to kind of get more of uh, their insight. What do they think? Is he is he really what I'm seeing on on film? And they said, man, he's every bit and more. Um, they said they like about him, Charles, is that his uh, he's aggressive, loves to block. He ain't, he ain't afraid of contact. Um, and they truly believe, 
they kept saying he needs to be in the SEC, Josh. I'm talking to these high school. I talked to two coaches that played against him, and they said he needs to be in the SEC. I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? He's physical. They say he 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 won't do well in the Pac-10, man. I mean, the Pac-12. He won't he won't do good here. He needs to go play some SEC football. He's that type of wide receiver. He's physical. He attacks the ball. Um, yeah, and if you watch him, and I've watched a lot of film on these wide receivers, Charles, that. There ain't no doubt in my mind that he there's going to be a strong push to, to make him a five star, and we could see him, you know, after after the camp season finishing, a, you know, finishing the top top two or three wide receivers in the country. He's he's that good. Like I said, if you haven't had a chance to go watch his film, go watch his film. He's physical. He ain't going to necessarily blow you away with blazing speed. He's got good elite speed, but um, boy, he's he he, he attacks the football. He's great across the middle of the field. Um, he'll fit well. Even if he doesn't choose LSU, which I hope he does, um, if he chooses another SEC program, that uh, he's going to fit well in the SEC. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's actually from Georgia. Um, yeah, he is know, from the Atlanta area originally. Yeah. So he does have that kind of SEC ties. Uh, yeah. He does live in California now, so that could continue the California connection. But you know, if he's six four, six five, he's probably the number one receiver right now uh, in the country. Yep, Charles, um, good point. Yep, we talked about that. And you know, some of the coaches that mentioned that too. You know, if he was six three or six four, he'd be hands down a number one wide receiver in America. I wouldn't say he's not short, but you know, I think six one, have about two hundred pounds. So yeah, that's yeah, he'd be consensus, I'd imagine, if he was a little taller. Yeah, you know, he's the perfect package of uh, size, speed, and hands. You know, he's really good at going up, getting the ball, and something that Josh, you didn't really get to but he's got really good punt and kick return abilities um you know that's some of what you see in his tape but I think that's one of his first impacts you could see from him at LSU is is being a punt return a kick return type of guy um I see this the um comparison that 247 has on him is a guy like Stephon Diggs and we know what Diggs brings to the table uh, you know a, a guy like this comes to LSU he's one of those guys you talk about Josh that can you know go over the top and, and beat guys off the line and not let cornerbacks catch up to him because he does have that speed. Uh, he, I think if he commits to LSU, you know, you look at that wide receiver class for LSU, I, I'm not sure if they add any more because they already have a, a commit from a guy like um, Keishon Booty from uh, Westgate over in New Iberia. I right. think that LSU is pretty much set at wide receiver um, if they can get Burton and Booty. So, you know, I, I think it's going to help. I, I'm really excited to see where he goes. I think he does go LSU, but I think that could even vault LSU's class up into maybe two or one, uh, adding a guy who I think is eventually going to be a five-star. Yeah, yeah. I, I expect, you know, Charles, like you said, they'll probably won't add too many more wide receivers if they get Burton and they already have Kayshawn. That, that boy, but, you know, that that's what I like to see, Charles, is that's why I, I, we have, we've gotten more and more excited about what Coach O is doing. You know, look at the two guys you're going to – that that you're bringing in you know if you end up getting Burton now look what you've done you've you've pulled the best wide receiver pretty much out of California you pulled the best wide receiver out of, out of you know your home state um that's that's elite recruiting that's that's exactly what we wanted to see when coach O got here um now you got to go coach him up but you know he's he's grabbing those guys that are NFL talented guys and, he, and he's bringing them to the program uh so it gets me excited knowing that that, you know, it used to not be like that. We had a little lull there for a little bit. So just exciting to see Coach O be able to do that. And, uh, yeah, he, and as far as the kick and punt return side of things, he, you know, he definitely brings that. And you can never have uh, too many of those guys on the team, as you know. You know, um, always looking for guys to make explosive plays. Well, Josh, uh, we are about to wrap up, but I do want to get your thoughts on a guy like Bill Bush. Uh, Bill Bush, lead recruiter for Burton, uh, he's already – been the lead recruiter for Lorando Johnson and yeah. Elias Ricks. Uh, you know, it, it seems like Bill Bush is lining up to maybe be the number one uh, recruiter this year, you know, uh, if he continues going down this path. Because I know he's in play for a couple other big names, too, uh, out in the West Coast, you know, in Texas and that area. Just talk about the job Bill Bush has done, because it's been incredible. Yeah, we, yeah, we talked about him last year, too, uh, that what he's done. And I just love how he goes about it, you know. Uh, about his business you know he, he goes out and he he keys on a guy and he goes and gets him I mean and I like how it, it's not a, a lot of big hoopla you know if you if you notice that he'll he'll sneak up on a lot of these recruiting services and stuff too all of a sudden you got this guy he's 
he's just trending to LSU hard, then boom, he, he pops on LSU. That that's Bill Bush. That's how he does things. He keeps it, he keeps it quiet. He, you know, he keeps it private. He he drives it home. You know, if you want to come to LSU, we're letting you know that we want you. You know, we're not we're not looking to play games and and you know, we, he gets these guys to commit. So if he could add uh Burton to his list, Charles, whew, yeah, I mean it's now we're starting to talk about him as one of the top one or two recruiters in the country. Um he's 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 done that well. And when he came here, Charles, you know, he's pretty new back to the program that uh, I, I didn't expect that necessarily. I'm not going to lie. I didn't expect that out of him as far as on the re- recruiting side of the house. I don't know about you. I just I mean, don't be wrong. He had a good he had a good history, but um, he's really turned it up a notch uh, since he's been to LSU. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, when he came in, I was thinking, man, this guy's coming in for the safety position. And, and you know, it was kind of one of those things. Dave Aranda wanted him there. And I was excited to see his coaching side of everything, you know, uh, help out um, in the defensive backfield because, you know, Corey Raymond is a cornerback coach and, you know, safety is a whole different position. And I think you've seen the play of safety uh, get even better since mm-hmm. Bush has been there. I'm excited to see what the safeties do this year. But, hey, Josh, I'm excited to see what uh, camp season is going to bring and what you're going to have over at LSUFBallTruth.com. Uh, what can we expect in the coming weeks? Yeah, so as as we get in, uh, as school kind of lets out and we get into more of, of the camp season, uh, you, you'll see us post some more stuff. We do have we do have a story in work with uh, T.J. Finley, our, our, one of our uh, commits for the 2020 class. So keep an eye out for that. We should have that out here in the next couple of days. We went a little went in depth on um, on just kind of T.J. Uh, not necessarily just on on the football side of things. We all know how how talented he is, and you know he's one of a top top 10 quarterback in this 2020 class. But we really uh, took a look at him as far as on his community service and, you know, on just just the other other side of life and who we're really getting at LSU um, as a person, you know. Uh, so it, it, it'll be a good story. Um, just So keep an eye out for that here uh, real shortly. Well, y'all make sure y'all follow Josh on Twitter at LSU F-Ball Truth. I uh, want to thank Josh for coming on this week. Lots of exciting stuff going on still as baseball has a game today. They try to take the series. Uh, there will be an interview coming out, out soon talking about Pelicans talk on the network. And the NFL draft is less than a week away. So uh, lots of exciting stuff still going on in Louisiana sports. Uh, looking forward to covering it all. But for Josh Lemoyne, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week. And as always, God bless. Ooh.